Hello, friends, and welcome to Hearty Dice Friends. My name is Brambo. 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 I am a big, corpulent boy. My skin is pale and hairy, and I am wearing a little waistcoat. Come sit around me and listen to the noise produced as I slap my thighs. Brambo! Yes. Hello. Hello, and welcome to episode 38 of Harvey Dice Friends. <laughs> My name's Grant Howitt. This other fellow you hear laughing over here is Christopher Taylor. And for the entire last week, we have been pretending that we are a large man called Brumbo when we're supposed to be doing work. It, is, it, has, been a, it has been taxing. It's taken up... We've been, we've been naming things. So um, part of our job, aside from recording these podcasts for you is to do game design, and so we've been doing a lot of, uh, sen- of, of, of scenario generation and campaign frame stuff. For The Spire, we're doing two um, pay-what-you-want downloadable things for to time with the release of the book. And we've named something, and the first name that's popped into my head for every single character, place, thing, and weapon is Brumbo. And that is a peril, because then we give <clears throat> Brumbo a voice. Brumbo! Brumbo. Well, I'm playing Zelda, Breath of the Wild. I just named my horse Brumbo. I, I worry for the name of any future children Chris or I have with each other <laughs> or anyone else. Because that kid is called Brumbo. That, that, is, that is a big, pale, hairy man named Brumbo. I'm guessing Brumbo's about seven and a half foot tall. He's not giant, very he's large, very big. Very, yeah. very genial. Yes. A bit like, I want you to imagine a bit like a party version of the Ghost of Christmas Present. Yeah. yeah. But who owns a restaurant? Yes. Yes. I'd like, I'd like to imagine that he roasts meat. Yes, I think I think we're tiptoeing. I think we're tiptoeing around the fact that we think he's Turkish. I I didn't think he was Turkish. Oh, okay. I, I was getting that sort of area, oh, but he's got quite pallid skin, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, what sort of restaurant is he in then? I don't know. Suvlaki. Frozen. <laughs> Frozen yogurt, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. So we had we we've, <clears throat> we've been going through the questions. For this week, and we had we had a pretty interesting one where um, uh, one of our listeners, Nexus, um, linked us to an old article from Cracked, about eight years old now. It's the fifteen uh, stupidest monsters from Dungeons and Dragons. It is an excellent um, article. It's a cracking piece, and we we thought it'd be fun. Well, actually, you know what? It doesn't really explain what the monsters actually are. It just makes fun of the pictures, and I think that it'd be it'd be more fun if it had explained what they actually do. However, what that would be us. When we thought maybe we could do a long form episode where we just focus on talking about fifteen individual stupid monsters, but this is an audio medium, <laughs> and we would have to describe in painstaking detail yeah. the most ridiculous monsters you've ever imagined. I will say, like the first one, the roving mauler looks kind of like the Isle of Man flag, but with a the, lion in the middle, with a lion's face on it. What do you think they were going for? Maybe they just really hated lions and wanted, wanted to perpetually have motion sickness. How many assholes does it have? None. Because it's got five legs, no body and a head. No assholes. No assholes. And what, what does it do with poo? It doesn't. It, <laughs> there comes a time when every uh, roving oh. mauler detonates. It's like, it's like a mayfly. Yeah. There's no need for a mouth. There's no need for an ass. It will simply detonate upon its death. It also has things like the gelatinous cube, which, which we all know is fun. Um, Grails. And the uh, the Senmerv, which is a, a rave lion, it's like a gay pride icon and a furry icon. If they somehow mated but had a dad, 
but not a son. <laughs> <laughs> it looks, it looks, it looks older and more vulnerable than either those two. Do you see the problem we faced? Yeah, precisely. So please go, go and have a look uh, at Cracked. It's kind of fun. I also recommend there's some quite good ones on the Something Awful website. I don't really like Something Awful that much. But, I haven't been um, to it in a decade. Did. They've got a, um, I think it's uh, it's called D and D WTF, where they just go through role playing uh, books and take the piss out of the art, which is nice. I include, I, I I know one of the artists they take the piss out of, which is nice. Oh, that's good. A man called Lee. Mm. So, um, we're not going to do that. Moon rats, rats that become intelligent when the moon's that's full. That's it. Chris. Yeah, the ones that Imagine write their thesis that. during a full moon. And then decide, then presumably eat it when the <laughs> when, when the moon is anything other than full. Listen, let's let's answer some let's, let's give out some 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 advice. We'll answer some questions. Maybe who knows? We'll have a a little bit of a laugh along the way. No, no, I forbid it. Very serious. Very serious. Very, very serious. Very close to the microphone. That means I'm very serious. Very serious, Brumbo. Okay, I'll ask the first question. Go for it. To break with tradition. So from Reddit, Nithleral, Nithleral, Nlytheral says, not really a question, but the most common player habits, brackets, that make me want to scream as a DM, close brackets. What do you hate it when players do, Chris? Uh, I hate it when players just sort of sit there. Yeah, passive players. Yeah. When you're, you're, you're mid-story... Yeah. And they kind of forget the agency that they have. Mm. Um, that makes me sad because, like, you could you could be off exploring wonderful vistas. You can do you can literally do anything you want right here as That's long as I point. forbid it. As long as I allow as long it. as I forbid it. As long as I forbid it, you can do it. I have a very strange bratty sub relationship with my players. <laughs> <laughs> One thing which really pisses me off is a is an outright refusal to role play. Now, I don't mind. Like, I'm not saying that everyone has to turn up in character and wear costumes and you know speak in the character's voice all the time and get the mannerisms down because not everyone's an actor and that's fine. But I think if you're if you're approached with a role play offer. Like being able to say, "Ah, brave paladin, you, your your armor looks worn and weathered. Perhaps you have been long on the road." The paladin just to go, uh, uh, "Yeah, it's that like, is correct." Yes, yes, well done. Like, come on, get, throw me a bone. Let's do something here. Like, we, we, I'm trying to imagine this exciting world. I mean, the other thing which really pisses me off as a player or a dungeon master or whatever is just people who refuse offers. But not everyone's taught that you have to accept offers. Yeah, that, and, I mean, not, and not everyone makes good offers. So you know. Yeah, a bit That's of swings and on that one, really. Yeah. I also hate people who play magic casters but don't know how the magic rules work. That's, that's a very simple one. Know the rules you know, you, you, for you're what you're sorry. playing. I don't hate those people. No. I hate it when. Yes. I hate it when. Sorry, Helen. It's absolutely fine. You can carry on doing it. But I, I get very. I get. She, she's playing a bard and I don't think she knows what spells are. Oh, okay. I just get very frustrated because, like, D&D quite a complicated system That's quite the difficult quite difficult to understand and it's like well look we can keep it simple or you can access this this forbidden seventh chapter of the rule book which makes up half of it what's that oh it's the fun part but uh, it's very difficult and honestly I can't recommend we go anywhere near it <laughs> <laughs> I I get so, so I, I, I get on, on, also because like spellcasters are balanced the game's balanced around spellcasters the player kind of roughly knows what they're doing and is taking advantage of it yeah and that it doesn't work if you've just got people who don't understand what spells do. Yeah, I mean that that comes up nicely to the, one of the other things that hate that I hate, which is know your character. 
Yeah. Like you need yeah. you need to know what your character can do. If your character if your character is just a warrior who just hits things, you need to know how the hit roll works. Yeah, the the minimum you need is that you need to understand how your character works. Like you need to, you need to understand how sneak attacks work for a rogue. Exactly. Yeah, you need to be able to understand what your character does and that you have mm. abilities that you can use. Yeah. And I, I mean, mean I'm... I forget occasionally. Like, oh, I, f- I could have sneak attacked there. Mm. Snuck, snuck attack. Snuck attacked. Sneak. It's, it's sneak attacked. Sneak attacked. Yeah. Um, but I'm still aware that I can sneak attack. Yeah. Just read your sheet. If you don't understand something, ask a question. It's cool. I think there's there's a very fine balance to be had. Uh, just again, another habit which pisses me off of people who. Um, People who instantly resort to violence, yeah. I find that I find that very boring. Um, or also people who refuse to people who refuse to even pretend to be scared of a thing. Yeah, I think, but I, I mean that does go the other way. Them. Go on. If they're like, no, we're not going to fight it. We're going to diplomatize it. It's a dog. Well, well okay. Well, like, admittedly, dogs can't speak. No, but, but you know what I mean. Like, like, yeah, like, like. Oh, I'm terribly sorry, adventurous. I can't put you up in this. I can't put you up in it, and we're entirely full. I kill him and take his bed. Yeah, that sort of thing. I'll piss off. Like, there's the, the, the interesting thing about about um, Dungeons and Dragons is that once you hit a certain level, you become impossible to police. Yeah, yeah. Like, the standard guard, I can't. They can't touch you. There needs to be effectively a high-level um, troop of lawful good people who teleport around, just duffing up dick ha- dickbag adventurers. Which actually might be an interesting campaign. That is, well, that's kind of interesting, actually. Like sorting out other people's campaigns that have gone off the rails. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's um, there's like archons, isn't there? They do that sort of stuff. Archons? Are they angels? But slightly oh, cool yeah. and normal, like like lantern archons and judgment archons and stuff. Yeah, but also like just popping into. Uh... A town that's suddenly been flooded with gold from mm. an adventuring party and just stealing it. Yeah, for sure. Like t- taking that. Thank you very much. You have no defenses for this. Yep. God knows where you got the magic items to sell to them, but hey ho. Yep. And, and, and Guess now, I'll take those as well. Now the economy is stable, and we make yeah. out like bandits, literal bandits. Yeah. Is that when you put on a mask and they make out? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I think there's a lot of things that I don't like with players, but I try to be kind. I also try to just sort of like gently, passive aggressively steer them back to what. Oh, actually, I'll tell you, tell you one thing which really gets my fucking wet, Christopher. <laughs> one thing which gets my fuck. I was running a game at Nine Worlds. Uh, I was running Honey Heist at Nine Worlds. So Honey Heist for if somehow you listen to this podcast and haven't heard of it, it's a role playing game I wrote where you play uh, criminal bears. And um, I was running Honey Heist for a group of players, and we had a few sign-ups, and then one person dropped out, and then so this other guy was just wandering past and said, oh, what are you doing here? I said, oh, we're running a role-playing game. Um, it's called Honey Heist. You play criminal bears. Are you interested in joining? Uh, yeah, I'll give it a go, yeah. And so he seemed like a little bit unenthused, which is always kind of a worry. I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, hey, mate, you're here for the next two and a half hours. Don't don't come in if you're not excited about this. <laughs> like, everyone's got to be on board. But um, so... Seeing it's seeing it's about intelligent hat wearing bears who can talk to each other and then and, and also try and steal honey. The bounds of um, you know reality are blurred, and every time something came up with his character, he kept questioning it. Or like like so for example, I rolled on the random tables and it was like Honey Heist twenty seventeen. Honey Con twenty seventeen is taking place in a luxurious lakeside camp. And the security they have are electronically locked gates and armed guards. 
And so I sort of came up with like rings of fences around this. And he's like, why would they put fences around a around a around a lakefront property when you just go up in a boat? Why? Like, why are you a talking like, bear in a hat? Why are you a panda who lives in a bin and eats laptops? You fucking balance. <laughs> I, like, I just, he just, like, he just, he was continually sledging me. I, I, I just sort of say, hey, mate, listen, I know you haven't played a lot of role playing games before, but you do have to respect my authority, otherwise, nothing works. Suspension of disbelief. Yeah, and it's the thing, like, it's, it's, it's a difficult thing because you have to trust your GM. You have to give in to your GM in a lot of ways, and you have to have a like a good GM for that to be okay. Otherwise, they can take advantage of you. Yeah. And that's not very. And that's that's a lot of like the most common DM habits that make us want to scream as players. Although neither you nor I have played a game in I think ten years. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a long time since I've actually been on the other side of the screen. Anyway, I think that's enough negativity to uh, kick off the episode. Can you can you ask me a second question, please? I can. Maybe let's let's alternate between Discord and Reddit. Okay, this one uh, this one has a little bit more positivity to it. Mm-hmm. DJM asks. Which school of magic has the best frat parties at Wizard College? Okay, I'm going to need to look, just real quick look up what the wizard schools are. I'm just going to get my player's handbook, okay? Okay. I assume we're going Dungeons and Dragons? Yep. Okay. Because, like, I mean, we, we could do, like, the traditions um, from Mage the Apocalypse, but that would be, sorry, Mage the Awakening, but that's um, uh, the Cult of Ecstasy, right? They do the best parties. Obviously. Yeah. You got all the drugs. Do you ever look up the rules for cocaine in, um,. In, in in World of Darkness. I did not, know. Doubles your physical traits. That is not true. Nope. <laughs> Kinda makes you a bit of a dickbag. But I guess that it, it's not really like... Yeah, like you just get tired afterwards and it's like, have you met anyone on cocaine? <laughs> like, presence up, manipulation down, let's go. Exactly. Shouting um, mainly. Yeah, shouting up. I, I, I guess like you, you'd get the presence specialty shouting. Yep. Um, and like, staring... Uh, School of Abjuration, so that blocks, banishes, or protects. That's a bad party. That is a dull party. That, that is, is that is what the the overly um, authoritative dean has. <laughs> Sorry, so imagine because it's a dean and the like, abjuration house misbehaved, and he's like abjuration house, <laughs> shaking his fist. The School of Abjuration, uh, yeah. So I imagine they're quite boring. Like, I imagine they drink a lot of wine. And yep. they just sort of sit and don't let anyone into their into their party. No, they're, they're, they're very gatekeepy. Conjuration's got to be pretty rad. Yeah, I mean, conjure food, mortar. Yeah, and animals. And gin. Gin. Or oh, you mean like the genies or the no spirit? The sp- both. Mm-hmm. The I spirit wish for more or gin. Or the spirit. Um, <laughs> the school of divination, which um, well, it's not going to go wrong. No, that, that that will be a cracking party. Well. Okay, put it this way. The school, I think... How many parties have you been to that have gone really brilliantly? And, conversely, how many parties have you been to that were just kind of a waste of time and you shouldn't have done it? All of them. Therefore, I mean, you don't like parties. I don't like parties, no. But, but like, They're ima- very loud imagine... and there's people I don't like there. I want to go yes. home. Which is like, that's just people, really, isn't it? Oh, I like some people. Okay. Point is, I think I've been to more bad parties than I have good ones. And every time you go to a party, you're hoping that this is going to be one of the good ones. Maybe people have a bit of a dance, there's something nice to drink, you can meet some fun people and talk to them. Maybe people dressed up nice, and that's kind of cool. Maybe there's some there's kind of some fun games you can play, like Jenga or something easy you can you know, move in and move out of. But seeing as most parties go wrong, or at least most parties end with a net detriment to most people involved. Especially the house that it's in. 
yeah, especially the house that's in. I don't think the school divination would ever run a party. Oh, I think I think they would because they'd be able to foresee all the problems and stop them before they happened. Well, surely the easiest way to stop it before you happen is never having a party. The only way to yeah. win the game is not to play. I guess. School of Enchantment. I mean, they're... oh, I, oh, wait, hang on a sec. You, you, oh, yes, that's that's the charm person. Yeah, that's grey area for parties, though, isn't it? Well, you would definitely have a good time. Uh, yeah, but you would remember having a good time. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's like so the, the school of enchantment has like it is a morally grey area in terms of is it? I mean, stabbing someone's a morally black area. So like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, uh, school of evocation. I wouldn't go to an evocation party. I'm sorry. Good fireworks, perhaps some fun lighting arrays, but everyone's going to die. Yeah, it's, it's going to end poorly for over half the uh, participants. Mm, mm. And then we come down to the last three, which are illusion, necromancy, and transmutation. So illusion, mm-hmm. that's going to be that's going to be a funny party. Go on. Well, you, you've got it's all fucking gnomes. <laughs> it's all gnomes, yeah. No, riddle dee and riddle dee Yeah, you got fake walls. Um, I think it'd be, it'd be like quite stressful for me, drunk and trying to disbelieve in everything in case it wasn't real. Yeah, I think I think you might end up with a complex. Maybe just like three or four drinks and you just sort of chill out and whatever you like, you just enjoy it rather than try to disbelieve in it. Yeah, you just, know, just, just go with it. It's like I mean, films an illusion, but we enjoy films. Yeah, you got to assume that the illusionist isn't drunk because that could be a problem. Jesus, yeah. Necromancy, um, it's up my street. I mean, it, the best haunted houses at Halloween, obviously. That's true. Skellington butlers. Yep, actual zombies. I don't want zombies at my party. They smell. No, they just like jump out on you. Oh, okay. And consume well, kind of you. Fun. And then finally, transmutation. Now you're is, a squirrel. Um... Oh, bonjour. <laughs> Up the tree. I'd, Collecting uh... the nuts. I'm gonna. I'm, I think I'm probably gonna have to go for illusion. Illusion does sound like a good time. Like it's gonna be an exciting. Like it's it's gonna be really nicely laid out. It's gonna look great. The music's gonna be good. Yep. Um, and like, put it this way. If a tree falls in the forest and makes an illusory crash, how is it different from it making a normal crash? Yeah, and this time it's, it's falling the... outside your house, and everyone's like, "Oh, tree! Oh, it's fine. It was an illusion. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. You gnomes. Oh, round of applause. <laughs> I want to rewax my beard. Methinks. <laughs> Fucking gnomes. Really, the illusory sound is just sound. Yeah. You know, um, uh, I guess like illusory, like. like you, you get into some difficulty on the on on the on the nature of reality once you start once you start uh, going out from that because if if like an illusory cup is the only thing you can like just the light reflecting off a cup then this cup is illusory until I touch it. I mean, what you're looking for really from these guys is uh, illusory banging tune. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, um, big bees dropping bass. Modern Conan's house mix. <laughs> Modern Conan's tiny hut mix. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, I think I, I think that I could be a lot of fun with that. I'm not sure that uh, necromancy, transmutation, any of the like the ones I think divinations aren't really good. They're always they're going to be a bit of a downer. Harry Potter taught us that. There yeah. was um, what's the name Trelawney. Yep. Yeah, I've, I've not. I've, I've, I'll be honest with you. I get all my Harry Potter knowledge when I when I go and babysit my uh, my niece. She watches a lot of Harry Potter videos, so I picked up a lot of information from that. Useful. She, does, she doesn't watch the films. She watches takedowns of the films on YouTube. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so a bit, I'm, that's a bit meta. I'm broadly aware of the plots and yeah. the problems therein. Mm. Um, but this is frat parties. Bear in mind, this isn't like the sort of fun parties that we're talking about. No, this is this is drunken and shouting. So maybe transmutation for um, increased size and beer to water and water to beer. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I, honestly, if it's frat party, definitely transmutation and like followed second, like followed with close second by Cord House, <laughs> um, K O R D, who is the the, god the, the, of... the religious frat. Yeah, he's 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 the oily god of lifting. Yeah. Oh, see how big my arms are. I'm Cord. And somehow became a god of that. I fucking love chords. I like. I, I obviously put Claire as a chord in my in, in, in my games and be like, "Come, watch me lift this entire family." Oh, come on, Grandma, there's room for you. Hop on. Yeah, I I love it. I think they're great. I've got a question for you, because hit me. Feeling burnt out on RPGs? Asks General Narducky. What to do? Oh, oh, General. Oh, General Narducky. Is that a general state of Nerducky, or do you think it's a military rank? I'm assuming it's a military rank and okay. then a stupid name, rather than like general, <laughs> rather than like general malaise or general ennui. Yeah, it's a bit of a difficult one because I mean, one of the things is to take a break from them. I'll be honest with you, Chris. I'm actually going through a similar problem to this at the moment. Yeah, I think uh, I think my solution was to write one. Yeah, rather That's than dumb. play with and play one. So I ran a game on Monday. I ran a game of the uh, the Halloween game that I released on uh, uh, one day last week, I seem to remember, uh, called Dead Channel, and it's it's kind of it's a fairly structured story game with some with a, like handfuls of rules in there. It's pretty good. It's okay. But we got about like we we had the character set up and we got into the bit where like where we were about to start getting the supernatural horror coming out, and I completely lost it. I just like oh you know I don't know what to do I don't know who like, I was playing I had a possessing spirit as my as, as my villain as I don't know who to possess and we had a really cool setup it was like it was a hen party and um, the, the the hen was was kind of an aging goth so like she persuaded everyone to like to get done up as a goth <laughs> um, and to like I I figured like they got in local craftsmen to like to to make the place um, all creepy spooky but they put in actual um, you know hexes and rites and stuff right. Uh, and we had not one but two cheese mavens in the party. What on earth is a cheese maven? maven? It was set in Wisconsin, so like they, they they are they are powerful women in the cheese industry. I see. <laughs> <laughs> but we but we got to that point, and I just uh, and the stripper who was Chad the dad, um, who was he was the hottest over forty stripper in Wisconsin. Anyway, point is we had this really nice set with a lot of really cool characters. And then we got there, and I just lost all confidence for it. And, and like I had kind of low energy for my players as well. I was like, you know what, I'm not feeling it. Let's just chill out, have another drink, and we'll we'll talk like humans because we've been talking like humans from this night anyway. It was really nice. But like I was I was I was I was doing the washing up night after, and I was like, oh, maybe I should stop role playing for a bit. Maybe I should stop jamming for a bit. Maybe I like maybe, maybe I've lost it. And it was one game. Yeah. One game knocked me back, and I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this anymore. And it's like I run. I run three games, and they're all pretty good. <laughs> but I find that I that I get burnt out so quick. Yeah, because it's, it's th- all th- too easy. Being a games master requires tremendous self discipline. I think is probably the word because it it means that you have to you have to maintain this world. You have to maintain authority 
around that and, and the minute yeah the minute you lose that the bubbles burst yep um it can be quite disheartening um like i, I don't want to i don't want to keep keep comparing things to the bdsm community but i'm going to for this because this is this is a grown-up podcast and that's okay um so it's a bit like uh in in kind of a dominant submissive relationship even though the dominant may well be abusing the submissive and saying all sorts of horrible things to them because that excites the submissive. It's all because the submissive is, is agreeing to it and saying, yes, this is fine, keep doing this, I'm a big fan. Yeah. And the second that the dom is like, um, oh, oh, actually, I'm not sure whether this is the right thing to do, lost it. Yeah. That goes out the window. And it's really quite, it, it, it can be quite unsettling to have that, well, I'm going to be in charge of this, of this scene, is it? Well, I'm going to be in charge of this experience. And then it's like, oh, actually, fuck, I don't know what we're going to And basically, it's like, it's like having your unit route because your sergeant <laughs> loses, you know, loses confidence. Yeah, yeah, the leader's taken out, so everybody's like, well, back home it is. I've, I've never quite burnt out on RPGs fully, though. I would recommend reading some books, honestly. Yeah, That's probably let somebody else tell you a story. Yeah, rather than trying to tell one yourself. Um, oh, here's an idea. Just, just talk to people. Just like, just, just know. take to, just meet, meet up with people on a social basis and take turns talking. Board games that gives you like board I, games I, I, are fantastic for that. A lot of people say that board games are a gateway drug to, uh, to role playing. I think board games are an excellent gateway drug to friendship out of role playing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's fairly true, um, and also they're they're structured and they're just fun. Yeah, yeah, and it's like you don't have to work especially. I mean, it depends on the board game. I've given up more games of Arkham Horror than I've finished. Put it that way. That is fair. Yeah, but if you find a nice middle of the road board game, yeah, nothing, nothing, no, nothing with more than two hundred pieces. You know, we played Snake Oil. Snake Oil is um, glorious, well, we which is which is like the big idea, but available. Uh, which is nice and honestly better. It just it, it kind it of it, it it bypasses the um, the scoring mechanic from Big Idea, uh, but it's it's basically you are you, like you are pitching uh, a product formed of two random formed of two words drawn from a deck uh, to a to to a particular kind of person. So we had like a beach bum or a um, a soldier, a soldier or a politician or an evil genius, and you have to sort of pitch. And it's it's really lovely. I can't, in fact, that, this is a hearty dice recommendation the heartiest of recommendations for snake oil please buy snake oil now it's great i can't recommend that enough so let's say something like snake oil or concept or something just kind of laid back where you can chill out and experience or like fake artists go to new york is really good as well i really like that there's a lot of really fun laid back board games you can play alternatively go full hermit <laughs> close yourself off from reality you see the thing about people is they're bastards all of them all of them are bastards. All people want to do is hurt you and take you for all their worth. Because you that's in what particular. You, that's what you think about people. I know you think that about people. I think that about people. And you believe that to be true. That really, we're all in it for ourselves. And any sort of fleeting enjoyment we get from helping other people is only because it gives us fleeting enjoyment, as it were. It only We only do it because it makes us feel nice. Not because there's anything morally good about it. So what you need to do is just leave. Leave society... Maybe sit on a big pole, like a very tall pole, and just just let everyone else die out while you subsist on a cat on a diet of carrots and celery. It's a horrible diet. Yeah, well, man, it'll keep you regular. Yeah, yeah. to the grave. That's my advice. Do you have any advice to them, Chris? Well, since you essentially said tear yourself away from society and then go on a starvation diet, 
Yeah, basic basic advice for most questions. I think that I think that covers it. I mean, that is yeah. that is the best advice you can possibly give for any situation. Yeah, fair play. All right. Well, let's let's move on then because we solved that problem. You yeah. hit, hit me with another question, big. I'll hit you. I'll hit you hard. Please hit me softly. Okay. Will asks. Oof. Please explain the Penangalan. 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 I think that's how you pronounce it. Whoa, Black Betty. Penangalan. The Penangalan is a Southeast Asian folklore, which, like all Southeast, uh, folkloric myth or monster, uh, which, like all Southeast Asian folklore, is a result of miscarriages, <laughs> or death during pregnancy, or stillbirths, or something went wrong with the woman parts. We don't understand it. We're frightened by it. Make it a demon. There seems to be a lot of women with long black hair, and something went wrong with them. And yep. now they're here to harm you. And we've got, what have we got? We've got the woman in black, and black shark at a distance. And that's about it, as far as we've got creepy ladies. I'm, you know, I'm sure I'm wrong. We've got all the fairies, yeah, I, mean, I we've, guess. We've got Jenny Greenteeth, which is... Yeah, that's true. Um, that last with the green ribbon around the neck. Don't know. You know? And it's like, don't... Don't undo the green ribbon, and it's because like because her head falls off when you take off the oh, ribbon. Oh no! Yeah. Is she alright? I mean, none of she's dead. Oh god! Well, the head came off. But I mean, on like on the plus side, good ribbon. Yeah, sturdy ribbon. Hell of a ribbon. Yeah. Um. So the pangolin is a is a hovering head. Um. I, I, I will say as well, like there's there's a great deal of um grist for your mill in uh, in exploring alternative folklores and, and mythologies to to find some fun stuff. Oh, for sure. Um, uh, especially, especially as, as you go further east, yeah, because it becomes it becomes genuinely unsettling. Yeah, um, and it's because obviously the the cultures developed very differently. Yeah, the 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 the, the creatures created are just bizarre to to my yeah. paradigm. Yeah, for sure. And like, I think I wouldn't call it a pengalan, but I'd say I'd describe it and have it as a just use the I don't know, just use the goblin. We just use the goblins for most things. Yeah. So, um, what a pengalan? Peng, yeah, it's pengalan just, just describe what it is. actually is. It's a town in Wales. <laughs> it's a floating head, <laughs> but trailing beneath it is the heart and stomach mm-hmm. of, of of the unfortunate lady. Glittering like sparkle, fireflies. sparkle like fireflies, which I quite that's like. Nice. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, if I had to pick one, or if I had to, if my organs had to glitter or not glitter, I know what I'd go for. Well, obviously, know? glitter. Yeah, um, and it has an incredibly long and invisible tongue. Mm, seems like a get out. What does it do? This long and invisible tongue. It quests inside houses for blood. Oh, okay. It, so it, it seems to be here that it quests for the blood of of new mothers. Yes. It laps on that and then gives them a sickness. And then they die. Presumably now, making more headless wonders. <laughs> the, the alternative day for the Pengalan. Yeah. Um, Which I can what's pronounce. The, so pen Penangalal or Penangalan literally means detach or remove. Uh, so I think it like I think it has a normal body. Oh, and it just kind of the, slips in at night. Yeah, so uh, so or during um, the day rather. Due to the common theme of Penangalal Penangal Pen- Hovering Wonders being the result of active use of black magic or supernatural means a Hovering Wonder cannot be readily cl- classified as a classical undead being. The creature is, for all intents and purposes, a living human being during daytime, much like the Japanese Nukekobi, or any time when it does not detach itself from its body. So it's just like, like think of it like steering the body. Oh, like I a, see. Like a mech suit. What is a Nekagubi, you ask? I do ask. I do ask. 
Holy shit, that's a hell of a Wikipedia entry. Wonderfully, either that, either it's a it's a floating head classic, mm-hmm. or it's a floating head that must remain attached via the neck. <laughs> that's not a floating head. That's no, just no, no, no. a head. No, so it's a very long, windy neck. Oh, it's a windy neck man. Uh, yeah, or uh, old lady, ass. old lady here. Yeah, um, the uh, the the Rokuro, the Rokuro Kubi pictured on on Wikipedia is smoking, which I like. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck knows how it lit it. Got Maybe. quite the diaphragm to draw it down that neck. Yeah, well, you know. Um, so that's what it does. It it seems to be a result of badness going on in childbirth. Which too many monsters are, it seems. Now, quick question. Mm. How do you recognise a penangal as opposed to a normal human being? Their uh, internal organs glitter like fireflies. Right, okay, but they're, they're internal, so it's kind of hard to find those, isn't it? Lord, if you're dedicated. Mm, well, I think at that point, that probably, that probably, that probably would kill a person if they weren't a palangal. Yes, palangal. but it would prove a point. Okay, so um, it's vinegar, to answer your question. Oh, is it vinegar? They smell of vinegar. I see. Um, the, the, the reason being is, um, so apparently it's usually a female midwife who's made a pact with the devil to gain supernatural powers. It is said that the midwife has broken a stipulation of the pact not to eat meat for 40 days. Having broken, I mean, who can resist a lovely bacon sandwich? Having broken or a kebab, having broken the pack, she has been forever cursed to become a blood-sucking vampire slash demon. The, the the vat of vinegar is to shrink her organs so they can go back in, in, into her body. Oh. So apparently... That sounds um, time-consuming. Yeah. Uh, so apparently if you, um, if you still, if, if, you, if, if someone smells of vinegar, odds are they're a vicious vampire slash demon. And you should check their internal organs. Yeah, definitely. Hop. Let's just, just, just like put the hand, put your hand on the head, and pull. And if it comes off, and the organs are glittering, that was that was a demon. Yep. You're on your own after that, obviously. But just before we get off, uh, Penangalans. Penangalan. Um, they um, they can be stopped by pineapples. <laughs> just having one near you. No, you plant them under your house. And, um, That's going to cause subsidence when the tree comes out. Yeah, true. But you have um, you have uh, because they're spiky when they when their big old tongue comes in. Ooh, hurts the tongue, and they go back in. That's clever. But why pineapples? I wonder. I mean, there are plenty of spiky things. Well, well, like because because they're I guess they're they're wooden, so maybe it's like they're natural and it'll, okay. it'll help. Okay, so just just covering the floor in broken glass would do it. You see, interesting. You mentioned broken glass because that's how that's how you kill one. Oh, really? You, you pour a load of broken glass into the empty neck cavity oh of the cadaver. Oh my god! Yeah, right. Okay, and then, 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 then the penangal comes back, puts its organs in, dead. Wow, that's dark. That's pretty. That's that's up. That's like that's some that's some horror movie that's, shit that's right that's there. Messed huh? up. Yeah, it's like, what do you need? I need about a liter of broken glass. Yeah, I don't think it comes in liters. <laughs> Gallons? I don't know. Yeah, um, but yeah, um, also things like um, thorns are quite popular. So the scatter the thorny leaves of any of, of, of a local plant known as the meng, mengquang uh, around, which would injure or trap the exposed lungs, stomach, and intestines. Oh. So what a, what sure a way you, to go, even if you are a nightmare creature. Ma- make sure, Jesus, yeah, make sure you give birth in a rosebush. <laughs> With a pineapple to hand. 
Yeah, mine, you, you got little bits of pineapple on sticks because it can smell it and it won't like it. Oh, also, sorry, it also says that you can kill it with machetes, but fucking whatever. That's you cheap know. compared to the broken glass solution. Broken glass and pineapples, come on. <laughs> what Bass. a creature. All right, yeah. Uh, so my, t- my turn to ask you a question it from is. Reddit. Hit me. Mm. So our last question from Reddit comes in from uh, Dylan, with two L's, that's not how you spell Dylan, 5656. He says, never played a tabletop RPG, but really want to start. Any advice? Free stuff. Yeah. So I think we have to, we have to answer this as a hypothetical, because like, if anyone has never played a tabletop RPG before and is listening to our podcast, I don't know who that person is. Well done, though. I think I think like I might I, I think there's a few people who don't play often, but just just like our interactions. Yeah. Um, but honestly, a lot of people don't play RPGs very often. It's quite hard to get a game, especially as an adult. Now, if you want to start, if you want to, st- I guess like actually, you know what? Let's go back. Let's 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 go back in time. How should we have started playing tabletop RPGs? Because the way I started playing. You put up a post on the boards saying I'm running a game of D&D for newbies on Tuesday and that was 10 years ago sorry, 12 years ago and now we've founded a business together where we write role-playing games. Yep. And I've skipped a few steps in 12 years ago, Chris. <laughs> I was wondering when that would hit you. Jesus Christ. You, 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 you were the only person who came to my birthday party, I remember. Yep. I mean, I will say, it was in week three of university, so I didn't have a lot of time to make friends. And um, I held it on a Friday night without really announcing it. <laughs> and I, of course, had nothing to do. <laughs> so you came down and you agreed to have me in your game of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. And you'd, like, you didn't really explain the rules to me to the point where I hit level seven and I still didn't know how to level up. No. Also, you also, get like, too bogged down in rules. I remember we got we were at seventh level and our rogue got hit and it it, it arose that she had five hit points. And she so simply, there are some rules that you do need to remember to do. She'd simply like she, she when she'd been leveling up she hadn't leveled up her hit points but she hadn't been hit. Yeah, just straight up never been hit. in six levels. Not not a coincidence. She was your girlfriend at the time. Yeah, yeah. But also mm. not an intentional dodge. I, I always find that quite frustrating. In fact, here's a DM habit that makes me want to scream when they bring their significant other along, and they're like, "Oh no, you can have all the powers." Oh, it's low. Well, to be fair, doing that to anybody, but yeah. yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember you and I were playing in that game of um, of Seventh C, and uh, and the GM like was encouraged to give out uh, fate chips for um for like for doing cool or exciting things. Yep. And the one girl in the group rolled a bunch of tens, so he gave her a fate chip. Yep. <sighs> it's not gonna work, mate. We've got we've got we've got a problem as a culture. That's not how you woo. That's not how you woo. Like you can give out infinite fate chips. <laughs> <laughs> Those are of almost no value in or out of the game. I think I would have liked to start with a group of people who were playing Dungeons and Dragons and who weren't balanced about it. Yeah. Because you end up with so many just, just like a whole bag of dicks. These people, you run their fucking mouths about Dungeons and Dragons all the time on podcasts, like it means something. <laughs> yeah. okay. Like it's actually important to everyday existence. Yeah, like like anyone's actually listening. I, 
if if someone wanted to if someone wanted to start playing RPGs, I mean, generally what I do is I take them to one side and say, "I will run a game for you, sweet child. Come with me to a pub," and I run them a few games of Dungeons and Dragons until they become my friend, and I stop running games for them. They're on their own at that point. Cast yeah, them out uh, into the wilderness. Just kick them out of the nest. Oh, you have learned the ways of wizards. Forty days and forty nights wandering the RPG wastes. I think generally you have to go to... Geez, you have to know someone who does it already. It's like trying to buy drugs. Yeah, yeah. you need somebody in your area to do it. If you're trying yeah. to do it on your own, though... Hit Very up. hard to buy drugs without making that... Yes. Sort of, yeah. But if you're trying to, to start RPGs on your own... Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Read a bunch of free RPGs. Yeah, I did that for the first ten years. Yeah, read a bunch of them. There's loads online. More yep. ever, more than ever. And there are tons and tons of websites and stuff that let you meet up for games online. Yeah. And that's a really good way of doing it because that way you don't that way you don't have to go over to some weirdo's house that you don't know. Yeah, my god, never go to some weirdo's house. No. Jesus. Um, and I realised that doing it online is the poor cousin mm. of doing it in person. But for a first time, it's not bad. You know what? A lot of these, a lot of these kids are probably watching it on Twitch, watching it, yeah, like watching Dungeons and Dragons. It's like being like playing online is all they'll ever know, I imagine. Unless like, unless they're watching like the high level ones who can afford a fucking studio, yeah, and are on, trained voice actors. On that subject, Critical Role are going to be playing one of my games next weekend. Oh, really? Which one? They're playing Honey Heist. Oh, I've asked them to mention. I've asked them to mention my patrons so I can put my kids through college. Yeah. If you like Critical Role, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't know what they are. are they, that's, that's, that's the one with voice actors who play Dungeons and Dragons, right? Yes. Everyone seems to talk about it on on, on Twitter a lot. I don't, I'm not sure I give a shit. I've watched about, it and I don't. What's the thing? It's, it's not, nothing against them as people. I just don't no. like any actual plays. No, I just don't enjoy that's it. That's all? No. It's, um, it's a series of inside jokes I don't get. And it's also it also feels very stilted to me. Well, it will do. Cause it's not properly paced like an entertainment product, is it? Well, that's the thing. Like they've tried to properly pace it, and they're doing all the rad voices and they're yeah, describing you know everything what? in wonderful detail. And I just, I just can't get behind it. it doesn't feel real. It really makes me worry. Uh, but when you say it doesn't feel real, do you mean it doesn't feel like a real game? It doesn't feel. It feels uncanny valley. Oh, it's interesting. Okay. It feels like the uncanny valley of an RPG game. Yeah, because because it's a performance. Like nobody's made an inappropriate joke once. Oh, ah. Nobody's gone off. No, no. Like they, they go off topic a little bit, but then they yeah. snap back. I had to get a buzzer for my game when people started making inappropriate jokes. Do you want to hear it, Chris and audience? I have heard it, but hit it again. There I you keep go. that. I keep that on the table, and if 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 an innuendo string gets too far out of hand. I'll just smack the button and just sort of shut that down, which I don't feel is my official role as a um, as a dungeon master. I don't know. I think it's part of what you have to do. Yeah, you have you have to control the group a little bit. Be- Herd people the cats. look to you. As- yeah, definitely. I think if if I if I was trying to start playing RPGs now, I think also like if you live in a big enough city, there's plenty of meetups you can go to. Yeah, stuff, there's but- plenty of websites online that have got yeah. like looking for groups. But I mean, that's the obvious answer. People aren't coming to us with the obvious answer, Chris. They want they want some of that raw insight, a dis- dis- distilled. We've, between us, we've got over two hundred years of RPG experience. However, we've only gotten into RPGs once. Yes, and neither of them were particularly clean. <laughs> it's never a clean thing, is it? No. 
I think, I think what you want to do is pick up some like loser boyfriend, um, who plays Dungeons and Dragons, and then come along with him to games, and you'll meet better people than him. And ladies, then just mi- l- ladies, l- ladies, and then and then migrate. Yeah, simply migrate. Um, take to cooler and cooler g- groups until eventually you stop playing role playing games altogether because it's not cool. Yes, it is. Now, cocaine's cool, man. Motorcycles are cool. Motorcycles are dangerous. Bungee jumping is cool. Yeah, okay, that Ro- is cool. Role-playing games isn't isn't cool. Like leather jackets, shades, martinis. Hey, they haven't been called Samuel stuck in L. 90s. Jackson. Sorry, you're very stuck in the nineties, there, mate. Have you s- no, leather ja- leather jackets are still cool? They, no, they can't be. Have you been to Italy? You've not been to Italy, have you? No. Every motherfucker there is either wearing a fine linen suit or a or, or, or a perfectly made uh, leather jacket, and you just feel oh, it's you're boiling. Just, yeah, they 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 make it work. I presume the sunglasses act as some sort of vent, just gouting out. Everyone is so like it's just hitting up Rome or Florence. Everyone's just so fucking impeccably dressed, drinking their aperol spritzes. It's ridiculous. So, you know, so what you're saying is, to be rich is to be cool. Well, I mean, it is kind of, isn't it? Yeah. A little bit. I mean, it's, I mean, they're very closely linked unless you're good at art. Mm. And if you're very good at art, then you get rich. Yeah. I presume. I, I, I'm honestly, I'm really hoping that's how it works. Because <laughs> <laughs> we have yet to find out. <laughs> we are neither. Um, let's have our last question. In. All right, our last question is from Trivia Lad. Mm, bit of a bit, bit of a tricky needle to thread this one. It is a bit. Bit of a bit of a technical question. Yeah. What was it about D20 Modern that meant it never really worked? So, it was written by a Penangolo. <laughs> that, was, that was the first hurdle. So it was cursed from the start. Yeah. Uh, and it got a lot of paper cuts by handling things with exposed organs. <laughs> now, D20 Modern, for the uninitiated, was um, it was released, what, in the early 2000s, I think? Yep. Uh, it was a a derivative of the Dungeons and Dragons 3.5, which was intended to tell modern stories. So it had rules for guns and not rules for dragons. Yeah. Although it did have rules for kobolds. Yes, and that's important because 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 um, one of the fundamental truths about about role playing is you have to put magic or something, otherwise it gets really boring. Yeah, there has to be something weird going on. There has to be something weird going on, otherwise it's just people, and you have to actually do work telling stories, which is very hard, and I can't recommend it. So it had a lot of things. It had, like, uh, Urban Arcana, I think, was one of the splat books. Yep. Where you had kind of sexy elves doing magic, and they were painted in a different style from the normal D&D elves. Um, there was Cyberscape. Dark Matter, which was... What was Dark Matter? Dark Matter oh. was converted from the Alternity System. One. Um, and it, it was a um, unofficial X Files. Okay, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, can, one of the, I... probably the only D twenty modern book I still own. It's a very nicely produced book. It's lovely. It glows in the dark. There was Cyberscape, which did uh, cyberpunk stuff, and Golden Punk, which is a lovely phrase to say. Yeah. But I think I'll tell you why it didn't work, trivia lad. It's because it didn't have a setting attached to it. Now. <laughs> It didn't have a setting attached to it, and D&D doesn't have a setting, but it's fantasy, right? Yeah. So you just do fantasy stuff. Whereas you had to do all the legwork with D20 Modern. You had to very much um, 
fill in all the gaps yourself, and the game was mostly gaps. Right down to the point when the, the character classes were strong hero, quick hero, tough hero, smart hero, charismatic hero, and wise hero. Yeah, I wonder where they got those from. Yeah, they were named after the general ability scores in Dungeons & Dragons, which meant they were completely devoid of any interest. Yep. Um, you say, I'm quick. Well, I'm quick, I guess, but then what happens? You know, Absolutely it, 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 it doesn't give you any sort of boost. And, and then on top of that, you had 3.5's combat system, which is horrendously difficult to work. But not just that. So in Dungeons & Dragons 3.5, yes. you had longsword, shortsword, dagger. Yeah. Made sense, right? That sort of progression, right. greatsword yeah. at the top. Yeah. And But there wasn't longsword with a scope. Long sword without a scope. Long sword firing point five zero. Mm. What do you think a scope would do for a long sword? Absolutely nothing. Just make it unwieldy. And extend its range a little bit. Make yeah. it more accurate at range. But the thing is, it <laughs> had to throw. a lot of guns in it. Well, it, it had it had the, a book called Ultra Modern Firearms. Yeah. Which was just a book. Which was just I think something like a hundred pages of different kinds of gun. Yep. Most of which did the same damage. Exactly. They're all, they're, they're all going to do the same damage, but they do subtly different ranges. Yeah. And it's just, I can't be asked. Well, I mean, it's just I too think, much effort. I think what you need in most games is light pistol, heavy pistol. Yeah. Um, shotgun, assault rifle, sniper rifle, sniper rifle. Oh, that, that's, that's good. That's good. Stop it. That's enough. Uh, and, uh, did I say assault rifle? Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and maybe like bolt action if you want to be, but like, uh, you know. That just count as a sniper rifle, but cut yeah, the range. Fi- yeah, fine, cool, love it. There you go. Have, have, have those things. We don't need to have any um, more. Um, what's it called? The, the Rad Hack, uh, which is a really lovely game. Again, it's another hearty dice recommendation is the Rad Hack. Um, full of them today. Yeah, full of them. It's a lovely D20 game based on... Um, the Black Hack, and it has light-ranged, medium-ranged, heavy-ranged, and the same for melee weapons. Simple, to the point. Yeah, it's really nice. It, it, it just does the thing. And, and, and also, like those, then all those descriptions don't affect the weapon damage in any way. Your weapon damage is, is determined by your class. Lovely. And humans do the most weapon damage because they don't get any, any of the fun stuff. <laughs> so you, you can be a human, a robot, a mutant, or a third thing. I forget what it was. But yeah. Um, there's lots of fun to be had there. I think that um, I think that D20 missed it. It was bogged down in fiddly little rules without yeah. having a fun. So, and the Shadowrun can get away with that because it's got a setting which people enjoy. Yeah, and the D20 Modern tried to capture a little bit of that Shadowrun yeah. and just missed the point. Yeah. Just said it's maybe so... there are kobolds on the subway. I like, it's the thing that Shadowrun's quite camp with it. I didn't quite capture that. You have to be quite camp. Well, I don't know. Maybe you don't have to be. Um, I haven't seen a non-camp urban urban fantasy game. The whole really the whole point it. of it is you have to amp everything up. Yeah, for sure. You have to dial like, it up to make it like bigger is more real. Yeah, you know? and also like these are heroes. Yeah, as well, and they have to behave like heroes, which is always difficult. Uh, Rather I mean, than in D twenty modern, where you're a boxer, just a normal <laughs> boxer. Yeah, Todd played a boxer. Yeah, seem to remember. I think he. Uh, so I ran a D twenty morning game. Todd played a boxer. I think you tried to play a paladin. Bless your heart. Mm-hmm. You did your best, and uh, we had an Indiana Jones type character, and it just sort of happened. And like we cast Zone of Truth, 
But it's really weird having someone cast a zone of truth and then not saying, ah, pretty sir, I will tell you nothing but nothing but truth. Just going, uh, I can't actually say one way or another whether that was the case. Yep. It's like, uh, you, you once you start bringing um, Dungeons and Dragons spells into um, modern settings, everything, it kind of shines a harsh light and how fucking daft it all is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it does make the silliness more real. How would you do it then? I mean, like trying to run D twenty modern. Like, let's say we're gonna we're, we're gonna do the time warp again. Let's do the time warp again. We're gonna go back to when we uh, we are gonna transplant ourselves into the wizards' offices when they're they're planning D twenty modern. What's our spin on it? How would we fix that? Keep all the weirdness on the other side. What do you mean the other side? The NPC side. Ah, okay. I'm um, bearing in mind like most of my good memories of D twenty modern are from Dark Matter. Yeah. Um, oh, so, so basically, run Delta Green. Give or take, yeah. Actually, that would, yeah, but Delta Green, why you can throw a punch? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And you, 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 you can go toe to toe with some of the some, some of the weirder stuff. Yeah. And like they have magic items in the setting, which is weird as well. I think I probably would have pushed to go postmodern. Yeah, I'm not sure how postmodern would have worked with the details. No, sorry, system. not postmodern. I, I, I went wrong. I meant post-apoc. Oh, okay, post-apoc. <laughs> so, That's a different game entirely. Yes, entirely. Um, I would have gone post-apocalyptic because I think I would have kept like the brand of Dungeons & Dragons. The brand of D20 is goblins, orcs, dragons, that sort of shit, right? Well, they did that. Well, yeah, they did that, but it was all hidden. No, 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 they did that with Gamma World. That, yeah. Okay, hear me out here. Okay. Hear me out here. So, like, Gamma World, that didn't have, like, orcs in it, did it? Uh, honestly, I don't remember. From what I can remember, that that was its own setting. It was like it was like squid-based um, swarms of cats, that sort of thing. Mm. Uh, it was all it was all fairly wacky and off the wall. What I'm saying is, um, there is a magical apocalypse where the magic of Dungeons and Dragons surges through our world, almost destroying it. And you play pockets of isolated survivors going out and duffing up um, people in the ru- like duffing up orcs in the ruins of a of a subway station who have found out about bolt action rifles. Pretty much, yeah. And so, like, you've got legacy technology, as it were, and you, you've got people carrying, you've got, you've got orcs carrying around um, bolt action rifles and pistols and stuff. But that would mean that you wouldn't have to have the whole sort of, oh no, it's secret. There's no such thing as orcs, are there? <laughs> orcs. Yeah. That's that's what I'd push for. That's why that's how I try and sell it. That's, uh, it's and, so hard to maintain D20 Modern with a straight face when you've got kobolds on the subway and yeah. nobody realises. Well, you know, someone else's problem, isn't it? Yeah, but it's also a lizard. It's 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 a it's a dog lizard boy. Yeah, yeah, it's bullshit. Listen, let's let's wrap this up. I think that, I think that's let's about bring it. Let's bring episode. it to a close. Thank you so much for listening. You've been this. lovely. You've you've been great. You've been so attentive. I love the way you didn't skip through any of it. Well done, man. Like, like you kept your finger off that plus fifteen seconds button. I saw you. I saw you thinking about. It. You're like, no, I respect Grunt and Chris. I want to hear what they got to say about D twenty modern or whatever other bullshit they're waffling on about. Mispronouncing and misidentifying folkloric myths. Penangalan. So, thank you so much for listening and also giving us some money. Our patrons gone up a little bit, which is nice. That's super cool. Uh, where the 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 fun sex number is a distant memory, as we're up to seventy three bucks an episode. <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, actually, we've um, actually got, got got a little bit of news. Actually, in the our business, Rowan, Rick, and Deckard is actually doing quite well. We are like, not failing. 
We're not failing. Like, so Chris and I are getting, like, we're not getting minimum wage yet. We're still relying on the support of our families, but we're doing pretty well, honestly. And this podcast is no small part of that. We get an, an, a not insignificant amount of money um, from this podcast every month. And that's because you, the listeners, um, continue to um, talk about it to your friends and to share it and to some of you give us money and that's super cool we have an incredibly high rate of conversion on people who listen to the podcast i think it's something like a fifth of the people who listen to the podcast give us money which is awesome yeah thank and you so much for letting yeah, us thank letting you. us do that because we we sure as shit shouldn't be spending this much time doing it if it didn't earn us anything <laughs> thank you so much for backing us if you want to if you want to help out if you want to contribute to this if you like this and want us to keep doing it please Chip a, chip a few dollars our way um, every month. We would like that very much. Uh, you can come join our Discord, where you can ask us questions. Um, if, however, you don't wish to do that, you can ask us questions um, through our Twitter, at HDF um, Podcast on Twitter. Uh, we still haven't set up that automated question feed, Chris. No. Nope. We should put that in the agenda for Sunday. We should. We, can you put that in? Sunday business meeting. Very good, very good. You can also... I think that's it, actually. <laughs> I think that's all of our things. Um, if you're interested, Also, if you're interested in playing the games that we write together, uh, you can go to rowanrookanddeckard.com, which is our business website. And that has games mainly by me, but also by me and Chris. Um, and we're, we're starting to put some articles up. Um, we're, we're trying to do a hearty dice hearth, where we answer one question a week, kind of in more detail, kind of as a hopefully useful way, rather than just talking about smooching orcs. Um, we're interested in doing uh, there's lots of, lots of fun articles about role playing really and talking about talking about the things we like and there's and free hopefully, games hopefully on like there. It. yeah there's loads of free games as well so all uh, all if not most if not all the games I've released with free are there as well so you can get a look at those uh, so thank you so much for listening we love you we want to cover you in chocolate like in a swimming pool style arrangement you'll get to dive in there and swim but it won't be gross and you won't drown in chocolate and it won't be it'll like be impossible really nice. to move it'll it'll Jeez. be thin no, chocolate it, it'll be almost suspiciously fluid yeah i don't want you to think in. of any danger at all it's, it's and, just delicious and you'll be like how come this chocolate's so simple what have you mixed it with how come i can breathe it like like air and we're like shh baby shh don't worry Hey, hey, breathe the chocolate. Don't think too hard on it. And it's all okay. That's the best thing about this situation, is it's all okay going to ask any questions. Okay? Okay. So, don't ask any questions. We love you, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye, friend. Bye.